Okay. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into our first episode. Um, today, we are going to be talking to Joss Arnett of Joss Arnett Dance. And I'll let him give a little hello and an introduction to tell a bit about himself. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, uh, Halle, for inviting me. Uh, I'm Josana. I'm the artistic director and choreographer for Josana Dance and also Emergent, which is part of the MA Dance uh, performance program at the University of Salford. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And I've got the amazing opportunity to be part of not the performance MA, but the creative education MA. So I've had the lovely chance to work with Joss a bit here and there. Um, so Joss, I'm going to get us started with a very broad question. My first question for you is, how would you define the word creativity? In a nutshell, I would say that my creativity and creative practice is always centered around movement and music and the interplay between the two art forms so that's kind of my well one of my like main interests when I'm creating work when I'm collaborating with people we always kind of start from those two art forms and the themes and concepts come up from that really working in collaboration which is what I love to do day to day. Do you find that those elements seem to inspire also the people that you're working with and students that you're working with as well? I think whoever that I'm working with, like the obviously like the two art forms are the main interest to them, uh, which is what's really exciting. And we can collaborate and yeah, just bounce ideas off each other and kind of, yeah, just get good vibes going in the studio and in the room. Amazing. And I can say, of course, since I have been in those rooms where it's happening, there is a lot of creative energy, a lot of really good stuff happening in those spaces. And speaking of spaces, could you tell me a little bit about what it means to create a safe dance space and what that means for both you and for perhaps those you're working with? Yeah, I think... A lot of my um, practice, a lot of both companies' work and ethos is to really create that safe space so that dancers feel that, yeah, they can take risks, but also for us to be able to empower dancers as well. That's like a real kind of key interest of mine that's like embedded in everything that I do. And a lot of that comes through in the work, like in the process. But yeah, it's really important to to me that the dancers feel empowered and inspired by working with each other. If people feel valued, then you're going to get so much more out of them. How did you come to this realization that you want to empower dancers? Was there an experience that you had that kind of um, pushed you in that direction? I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, the, the stylistic quality of, of my work. Like I say, empowerment is always kind of like a running theme in all the work that I'm doing, creating. But I think for me, it's really crucial that there's there's a passion like in the studio and the kind of like that that necessity to 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 want to dance and to, yeah, just to kind of create that energy, I think, that really bring those those positive attributes from people embracing kind of like their individuality and what they can kind of like bring to a process and to yeah just just the environment that we're that we're working in that's what's really interesting and inspiring to to me like as an artist as well and for any listeners who haven't had the opportunity to see joss's work that is a theme that really threads through that that idea of power strong movement um, and so it's quite interesting to hear on the back end of things how you thread that throughout your choreography and the dance that you make so i'm going to kind of 
change the topic just a little bit. And I want to know about some communities that you felt have supported you and your practice. I mean, historically, we've worked a lot with communities and people aged between kind of like 12 to 26. That's kind of been our, I guess, kind of target audience over the last kind of like 11 years, not exclusively, but those are the communities and the ages that we've kind of engaged with the most. But in a sense, like we've engaged with with people and participants and audiences through all ages and abilities. Um, so that's what keeps it really exciting and fresh because we kind of get knowledge from all people with like with all, all walks of life. And that's what's really interesting to to me because that allows me to grow like as an artist as well, working with yeah, different different people. Is there anything in particular about these communities that made you feel more welcome or less welcome? I think with the audiences that are, have been our 12 to 26 years bracket, I think the I think the movement quality and the energy and the drive has been like a positive kind of like um, attribute for us to be able to engage with with those um, with those people. And yeah, I think it's that th- they've been really supportive in the sense of for us to be able to I guess, develop the work that we're doing and to make the work relevant as well and to see what audiences are kind of needing and wanting. At the end of the day, I just hope that people who kind of like engage with the work that we're doing are entertained and kind of like have that escapism. Even if they don't understand what's going on, they can feel the energy, they can get, they can get excited by it. They can kind of like go through different emotions and kind of like feel vitalized. So it's a, it's, it's a well-being concept as well, which is really, really great. So when you were around this age, between, you know, that 12 to 26 area, what interested you and what made you want to create if you did at that point in time? I mean, I started dancing really late. I didn't start till I was 17, but I'd always been interested in in the arts, like obviously like at school and stuff. I loved like school productions and all throughout kind of like secondary, like high school, I wanted to uh, be an actor. So I always kind of like knew that I wanted to kind of go into something creative just because that's just how my brain works. Uh, So yeah, and then I was training to to be an actor and then basically the the A-level dance course uh, only had like two people doing it. So they basically said all the people that are doing B-tech drama need to be doing the A-level dance. And then yeah, just, just never look looked back really so you yeah but, into it didn't you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so yeah and then obviously like did a I, I call it um like a crash course for like 18 months before I then started to like audition for schools and stuff uh, to continue training but yeah I've always been really interested in in music and film in like pop culture and and things like that so those are the those are the themes and the concepts that kind of run uh, throughout my work that kind of inspire me to kind of like start to create work and to reimagine stories and environments. Wow, what an incredible journey. And to think about where you are now compared to that 17 year old who was like, eh, dance? All right then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it, I mean, don't get me wrong, like as I've always, yeah, as even as like a kid and stuff, it was always kind of like creating dances and like stuff like that. But yeah, never thought that it would be a, a career. And then, yeah, just kind of was thrown in at the deep end and yeah, just, just never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best way to get into it though, when you don't expect yeah, exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. 
do you think that provides you with a different outlook on dance than just knowing that you kind of came into things so as a latecomer and you've got some different influences? Yeah, I think it's great in the sense of because I did start really late. So it's kind of good for the dancers that kind of like start later that, that, that you can still cover uh, a sustainable career like in in the arts and stuff which is which is great so yeah amazing well thank you for sharing about your personal story I know sometimes <laughs> sometimes I start to dig a little bit deeper we end up in territory I don't know oh, that's fine that's <laughs> <laughs> could you tell me a little bit about what motivates you now as an educator and as a choreographer I mean I always work in collaboration with people so that's what really motivates me whenever we're kind of thinking about like a project or a new piece or even with emergence with the with the dancers because we have uh, a new cohort of dancers every year what really mo motivates me is people's willingness to kind of really delve into the activity um and for us to be able to yeah just for us to be able to collaborate i always have the saying of um build a team around you who are better than you so that's kind of like a, a an ongoing theme um, for me. I mean, it, it's it's great in that sense because obviously, like I learn, like I develop my practice with the people that I'm working with, and then yeah, I think once you kind of get the right people in the room, like that's what's really exciting, um, and that's really when you start to see artistic vision and ideas start to flourish. And yeah, thinking about things that yeah you wouldn't necessarily have thought about, but it's just all kind of like adding. Uh, to the quality of what it is that we're what it is that we're doing so that's what's really it, yeah that's what really excites me being able to collaborate with people very community focused and collaboration focused artist I feel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I always uh try to yeah bring out the the best in kind of like everyone that we're working with and that works like both ways as well so common interest yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Do you find there is a particular tool that really sparks that in those who you're working with, bringing out the best in them. It's something in particular you do every time you get a new cohort that just always works. I think it's, I think it goes back to kind of your question earlier on about creating that environment. I think like that's obviously like really important because it can be quite a vulnerable place, especially like if, uh, if it's kind of like a new group of people like coming together for the first time. So I think it's about creating that environment and making it clear that it's okay to kind of like to fail and to take risks and to kind of try things. Because if you don't try, then you don't know how far you can push. And the worst like someone can do is say kind of like, oh, like that's, that's great, but like it's not really right for this. And that's how we obviously um, move on and we learn from, okay, so that's not relevant right now. But yeah, the journey that I need to kind of like go on in that sense. But yeah, I do think it's about creating that safe environment and to also be personable as well and human and to have those qualities where you can kind of like empathize and kind of be able to get into the minds of other people. But that's kind of like a, a, a leadership uh, quality for, for me, not just for me, but for kind of like the team that are kind of um, responsible, I guess, uh, for people like in the space. Now, the question everybody dreads really how did this all work when things were online and when we were in isolation? Did that change your process? Can you talk to me a little bit about that uh, situation? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for us, we were quite, I wouldn't say lucky, like in a sense, but because we fell under like the education bracket with like the university with emergence, 
Um, we were able to be in the studio quite a bit in the autumn uh, of 2020. But then we obviously did have lockdown periods, as did everyone. So then we, we had to go online. <laughs> Not going to lie, like it, it was hard, like especially like for the dancers, I can imagine. Um, no one wants to be training their bodies in like a carpeted room or on concrete and things like that. So, yeah, it was um, it was tough. But I think we, with Emergence this year, we were really lucky in the sense of, as I'm sure <laughs> across everywhere, that the dancers were really resilient and they kind of like they were making the okay so this is the situation like how do we kind of try and make the best of the situation I mean especially on a program that is really intense really heavy so there's no kind of um, wiggle room to kind of like reschedule or just because of the intensity and the outputs that the course um, demands so we spent some time uh, with one of the guest choreographers creating work online remotely separately doing the whole breakout rooms for like duets and people learning and things like that and it did it did work to like some extent it was obviously much harder because you never know who's got their cameras flipped or like stuff like that so like is it is it this side is it the right side is it the left like where's my front and my back so those kind of things you start to develop a language for in in your sense so everyone can kind of like understand uh and then obviously like, when we were able to get back into the studio, we had that core kind of material for then the choreographer to come back in and then to kind of like structure the work. But yeah, it was not ideal, but we but we we managed, I say, yeah, managed with a lowercase m, I think. <laughs> managed with a lowercase m. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a really difficult period of time, particularly for master's students and students who are furthering their training beyond just popping into class every day, you know. Um, but I do think there is some value in the resources that are available online. One thing that I found, I mean, I guess as a master's student is, hey, I can take class with New York City Ballet on Thursday and whoever else on Friday, and suddenly there's access to all these different networks that I wouldn't have had before. Did that impact you throughout the uh, lockdown, being able to access resources online? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the one of the pros from uh, from kind of like the lockdown, I mean, like people in the arts are like really resilient anyway. So we find ways to connect and kind of like still uh, keep connected to our community stuff rather than completely like shut off. Like I, I think it's um it's not in our, uh, yeah, our, our work to kind of like, yeah, just to shut off. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, we, we, what we were doing for Josana Dance was that, um, so 2021 was our 10th uh, year anniversary. Um, and we had kind of like a whole like uh, pre kind of like lockdown and stuff like we had, a program of work that we were going to be delivering like throughout the whole year and then obviously like with lockdown and covid and stuff like that obviously couldn't happen it, like every arts company uh, so we had to completely reimagine what that uh, activity could be and a lot of that well the majority of that came down to going online and working with people online developing online resources and things like that so it was again kind of like a positive from that we were able to branch out a bit more and kind of develop skills that we thought we had but like needed to be completely enhanced and stuff so I mean great great uh, that we have those skills now but yeah it was definitely like a learning curve and how we can how we can engage with people and how we can 
um, still keep our work as accessible as much as possible, like during that time. What do you do to make your work a bit more accessible? Could you talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, we work a lot with inclusive dance facilitators and like from whichever project that we're doing, we embed access at the beginning rather than it being kind of like an add-on from something that we've already done. So that's really important to us that we have our audiences, participants and our communities like in mind at the inception of like an idea which I think is really important. So we work a lot with facilitators that are expertise in that field. It's, it's, it's great in that sense because it develops our practice. It kind of like develops opportunities for, for us. And it's, it is a real interest for us to be able to develop our work like, so it can be as inclusive, as uh, accessible as much as, as much as possible. Beautiful, because I think that's so important personally. So it's great to hear that educators are embedding that inclusivity at the beginning instead of thinking of it as an afterthought. Yep, and it's great for us because it allows us to be able to think about language as well and how we describe our work, how we yeah, how we articulate our work and also how we can translate so that it creates even more opportunities for people of all uh, ages and abilities, really. Again, creating that sense of empowerment and inspiring people to be able to to engage yeah oh that's amazing would you be able to give some advice for people like me who are emerging educators emerging choreographers kind of at the beginning of our journey knowing everything that you know now what would you tell us I always live by uh personally and um professionally is uh if you don't ask you don't get and that's always been a running theme for me the majority of the opportunities and the people that we've worked with like if we didn't if we didn't engage with them then like it just wouldn't have happened so yeah the worst someone can do is uh, say no we'll not get back to you so if you don't ask you never know so yeah that that would be my main thing that's a really good point <laughs> worst thing that happens is they say no <laughs> yeah. yeah nothing is a uh, real real human at the end of the day so um yeah, there's, there's no hierarchical quality or, um, yeah, concept um, for me in, in that sense. That's a really, really good point. I'm going to write that down in my notebook, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose even just asking you today was a good thing. The worst yeah. you said was no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Josh. I'll just ask if there's anything that you want to say, you know, at the end of this podcast, anything that, uh, any thoughts that you've had that you'd like to elaborate on or just anything you'd like to leave with us today. What you're saying, Hallie, about, about the whole kind of digital like aspect and things like that. I mean, it's great because people have been able to like develop skills and stuff. So I think, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be with us for like a, a long, a long time making work that kind of can be more accessible I think I mean we're definitely continuing to like embed that in our practice and stuff as well it's a great uh, great addition so hopefully a, a positive addition <laughs> it's got to be positives out of everything that happens even the most negative things like a pandemic who would have thought you know but I know, I know. <laughs> but, but there are huge resources and huge values to be found in that sort of um, situation I mean I know for me it was the first time that I'd had to take a step back and think, 
okay, what I've done before is not working because I can't translate that to a virtual platform in terms of just teaching practice. How can I improve this? And I'd never really reflected on my teaching practice in that way before, or even my choreography. So uh-huh. that was really helpful for me. And despite the awfulness, I thought, okay, if I hadn't had that happen, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be thinking about things a bit deeper. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Josh. This has been a fabulous interview. Uh, I'm really excited for everybody to hear your thoughts. Um, And just, you know, I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to episode two. It was amazing to speak with the fabulous Joss Arnett today, who could provide a little bit of a different point of view and some really valuable insights. It is through the tireless work of practitioners like Joss that we can make important steps towards student empowerment, accessibility embedded at all levels of artistic practice, and just the acknowledgement that we're all human at the end of the day. I hope you continue to tune in to Fostering Creativity and Building Community, a dance education podcast. Happy teaching, of course, and I'll speak to you again soon.